0: Hello and welcome back to Motorsport This Week. Unfortunately, this week again, I'm only joined by Alex as Jez is doing a uh, sold missions in India. But <laughs> well, Obviously, hopefully Jez will be back next week, but um, let's get into it. So unfortunately, as of recording this, the Imola Grand Prix weekend has just been cancelled, so we can't make any you know, bold predictions. So, you know, this podcast is probably going to be a little bit shorter than... Little bit shorter than usual, but um, Alex, how are you? How are you feeling? I'm
1: not too bad. It's a bit of a shame that the the Grand Prix has been cancelled, but um, you know, at the end of the day, the safety of the teams and all the personnel that have travelled over is is the most important. And Obviously, uh, most of this week sends our thoughts to everyone in the region of Emilia Romagna.
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely. So obviously, we haven't got much to talk about. But uh, what we could talk about this weekend is uh, Christian Horner saying that the Red Bull will feel the effect, the effects of the wind tunnel penalty by Imola. Obviously, Imola's not going ahead. So, what can we what can we expect for the next round of the Formula One championship in well, terms think- of?
1: But I think what, what Horn was trying to say is like, because they've not got that wind tunnel time or it's been um, decreased, I think what he's trying to say is that's when they'll stop developing the car and it'll start stop improving. Yeah. So I think going on from now, we might slowly see as the season goes on, the gap gets a little bit smaller and smaller. But I think for now, and well, we've got Monaco next weekend, I can imagine that. Red Bull are still going to be dominant there, but like I said, as the season goes on, maybe that gap gets a bit smaller, and then next season, we maybe yeah. see a bit more of a to- uh, closer title championship. I mean, at the end of the day, that is what we what we all want. So, hopefully, fingers crossed, this penalty for, you know, we'll say cheating, you know, Lewis, <laughs> we say this so, um, we'll say for cheating, um, it will have its effect, but I feel like it's not going to happen early on in the season. We have to, It's going to take time for us to see the impacts of that penalty.
0: Yeah, I think we chose the wrong season to uh, start our podcast. Imagine, imagine starting a podcast in uh, 2021 and watching, watching all the shenanigans unfold. But yeah, moving on from that, you know, Nick De Vries is on his uh, yellow card, as how Marco puts it. But what do you think about that? Do you think that's fair? Four races into the season.
1: Well, we've seen like the Red Bull um what's it called rebel structure, it's always been a bit uh, harsh, but more towards its Red Bull drivers. We haven't really seen it in like the second team, like Toro Rosso Alpha Tauri So I I think what well, we four or five races in, I think it's yeah. so harsh to say so. he needs to improve, you know, set yellow card. It's only, I know he had that good performance in the uh, Williams last year at Monza. But I think to say that he's going to be replaced already is it's so it is cr- incredibly harsh. I don't know what you think, Lewis.
0: It, it's it's crazy, but you know, it, it's just a red bull program and I'm sure Helmut Marcos are you know a lot smarter than me and he knows what he's doing with his drivers. But if I if I was if I was Helmut Marco or you know, I understand that Sonoda puts I know, I understand that. Alfa is a bit of a crap car, and I understand that Sonoda constantly puts it P ten or P eleven, just scoring lot like, as little points, lot, like, you know, making the best of a bad situation. But you have to, you have to think that Sonoda's been in F one for two years now, and you know, although although he had that good result at Manza, Nick de Vries isn't as experienced as Sonoda in an F one car, so. You have to you have to give him more than you know half of the half of the half of the season to you know adjust to oh it it's just it's just a mad step up from you know F two or Formula E to F one and it, oh if you remember that if you remember in Monza uh, when uh, Nick De Vries got out of the car he had to be helped out the car boys engineers because. He just couldn't get himself out of the car. The you know the forces pushing on his body with that much, but um, I don't know. I think you should give him more than a season to adjust, and maybe if he's still crap next season, then spin him off. But personally, yeah, I... I don't think it's acceptable.
1: No, yeah, I agree. Who who could you see maybe replacing Nick Devery in that car? Because obviously, with Ricardo being in that program now. Could you maybe see him going there? I know he said that he wouldn't drop down to another, like say, mid-table team. I wouldn't even say Tower is a mid-table team. Senna's getting that um, the most out of that car. Obviously, debris yeah. isn't quite. So maybe Ricardo or who else would you maybe see
0: in the Tower? Ricardo would be the fairy tale ending, of course, but I I do not see it happening. Obviously, the rumours went about that he was a uh, present at an AlfaTauri seat fitting, but I think them. I think I think it was Helmut Marco that shut them rumours down. But I'd like to see, you know, Liam Lawson or um, that F2 driver we mentioned a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember his name, but he's a Red Bull junior. And you know, I'd if if Nick DeVry was to be replaced, I'd like to see Liam Lawson or that other driver. i I sound like, I sound like the pit stop podcast here, Lord. <laughs> but um yeah I'd like to see either of them too. Because I think with what uh, Liam Lawson's doing in the Super Formula Series, especially, I I think he could make a positive impact on you know his debut in F one if it happens. But um, yeah, moving on from that, another driver replacement is uh, apparently Toto Wolf is uh, trying to get me, uh, Mick Schumacher to replace Logan Sargent at Williams. You know what do you think about that?
1: I mean. I mean, we we as we were discussing just before we come on you know, the recording. We say, I think Logan Sargent, for a rookie in a Williams, I think he's had such an impressive start to his uh, debut season. Uh, scoring points in Bahrain has been very consistent since then. And I, I just feel like it's just Toto being one of like the big boys, you know, your yeah. Mercedes, yeah. Ferrari, Red Bull, trying to almost bully you know, bully the lower teams to like take this driver. And like, I'm not disregarding Mick Schumacher at all. I think he is a good driver and I think we will see him in F1 again someday. But I think it's so like, we we're saying it's harsh with Helmut Marco and um, Nick Vries, but I think this is harsh from Toto. I think yeah. just trying to like get his drivers in there over a driver who is performing well. I, I just, I don't like it to be quite honest with you.
0: No, definitely not. And I think it's some of the uh, James Val's influence because you know, obviously he worked at Mercedes for a, a couple of years and he was a chief strategist. So with one with one of Toto's, you know, disciples going to uh, uh, another team, I think he I think Toto thinks that he can just boss him around even though he's at a different team, but Hopefully Logan Sargent doesn't get replaced. He was, you know, obviously I was exalted for Piastri to uh, be in that McLaren, but obviously uh, my second favorite rookie was uh, what is it, uh, Logan Sargent? But um, yeah, moving on from that Ferrari, you know, we've got we've got Monaco next week. What do you think? Uh, what do you think the Ferrari situation is going to be? Do you reckon it's going to be another charlotte bl- uh blunder?
1: No, I'm gonna say no, actually. <laughs> I feel like he he proved was it it wasn't last season, was it? it was the year before where the yeah. Ferrari wasn't great, very good low speed cornering. I feel like that in Baku it sort of showed again with the Ferrari that one lap pace. So I wouldn't be surprised if in qualifying he can take it to the Red Bulls. But I think well, but then saying that I was like I was gonna say I think in the race the Red Bulls will get the better of, of him, but. You look at Monaco and like the amount of overtakes that we saw last year. And let's be honest, if he can get in front of it or any driver on the grid can somehow get it in front of the Red Bulls on in qualifying, then they're gonna have a good chance in the race to maybe nick a podium, nick even a race win if if you know Charles Leclerc can go put it on pole, which would be incredible, by the way. <laughs> That'd be the best race of the season. Even if yeah. there's no overtakes. Charles Leclerc win, best win already. Uh, best race already.
0: Definitely, definitely, <laughs> but. Yeah, you know, we all know the power of the Red Bulls probably gonna be the, you know, most and the biggest anomaly of the season if uh, you know, Charles Leclerc or, you know, Fernando Alonso, one of those two, you know, not front runners, but you know, beholding the front runners can pull it on pole and convert it into a win, but you know, what do you what do you think of uh Charles Leclerc's future? Obviously we've talked about it on the on the podcast before. You know, does he stay at Ferrari or does he go to a, a more lucrative team if someone retires?
1: Well, like like you said, we we have spoke about it in terms of he's got this season and the next season left on his contract. So Ferrari going to have to prove to him that he's got that they're going to give him that car. However, like. I think we've said in the past, it just feels like Charles Leclerc and Ferrari are almost made for each other, and he'll, he'll yeah. end up staying there for the majority of his career. Let's, like Max will still be there in, say, 2025, so he's not <laughs> going to go to Red Bull. Like We don't know who the second driver could be. It could be anyone, whether it's Perez, I, we don't know. Uh, but he's not going to go to there be the second driver. Mercedes, I, I just could never see Charles Leclerc in a Mercedes. It, it just wouldn't look right. I don't know whether that's because he's always been like in a red car or like red yeah. <laughs> red team team. And it just wouldn't look right. And also, obviously, Russell is there now to stay. You'd have to imagine. Yeah. I can't see him moving on. Hamilton, we don't know what's going to happen with him. Unless there's a team that can make the jump up, like uh, like Aston Martin did, I, I I can just see him sticking with the Ferrari project and hopefully one day, because let's be honest, the Ferrari title challenge or you know title winning car is coming it's got it's gotta happen soon so I feel like if he just sticks with that then he's gonna have that opportunity and whether he's got the bottle to convert that you know title winning car or title winning challenge into a you know becoming a world champion I think he will you know that's the big question I think with Charlie Claire is he, has he got it in him to become a world champion? I don't I know think,
0: what you think. I I I agree with that statement, but I think last year was his best chance of becoming a world champion, obviously. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't say bottled it because that's a bit harsh, but I think Boy France, you know, when he when he crashed it into the wall, I think that's when he knew, Ferrari knew, and we as fans knew that the total challenge was over. But you know, that that could just be a warm up lap with the uh, new regulations. And obviously Ferrari have a... Well, you know, gone down the pecking order this year. Somehow messed up their car from you know rice winning car last year to you know mid basically midfield fighting with Mercedes for that you know fourth fourth uh, spot on the grid. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'd hope to see Charles Leclerc yeah win winning win a world championship in that Ferrari because that would be the fairy tale ending. But I'll, yeah. I'll, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, I wouldn't mind if he went to Mercedes and took a gamble on it. But I just don't I like, like you said I just don't see it happening because if Hamilton retires, George Russell would be the number one driver and Charles Leclerc wouldn't settle for a number two driver role. So they would just end up like going to going into each other every race. Yeah, like, definitely. I, mean.
1: I think with um, Charles as well, um I think he he like like you said last year, when he's when he had that Title winning car or like race winning car, he, he could convert it into a championship. I, I, do, I just don't understand how Ferrari have gone from, like you said, you'd say around France where it sort of started to go downhill, yeah. there's a lot of pressure on the on Bernardo and the the strategists or what, you know, with Ferrari. I don't understand how it's gone from there. Like from that, from France, to the end of the season last year, Red Bull were dominant. You know, like they have started this season, but how they've dropped so far off the peck in order to the point where Mercedes, who looked nowhere near them around, you know, France in the first half of the season last year, and Aston Martin, who were what eighth last year in the constructors or ninth, how have they been able to catch up to Ferrari and like without any development? It it really is crazy because. Ferrari have the, you know, they're meant to be the best team, the most historic team, you know, the most passionate, you know, they've got all this money and whatever. And they've just, I honestly, it, it makes no sense how they've gone so far back. Like, I mean, I do think they have got pace in that car. I think the, obviously, Red Bull are the quickest. And I think then you've got, you're know, obviously Aston Martin, Mercedes, Ferrari. I feel like Mercedes are slightly behind uh, Ferrari and uh, Aston Martin in that. But, I just like I said, I just find it crazy that how far they dropped off in the space of not even a year, less than a year. It's it is mad.
0: It it is crazy. Maybe we could get uh, one of the Ferrari guys on the pad and just have them explain to us what it, what what it, what went down at the factory to you know potential number one constructors to you know number four constructors. But I don't know, man. Another another talking point is uh Fernando Alonso, obviously. Four races into the season, what do you think of it? Or what do you think of his performance?
1: I oh, it's it's good to see Fernando back up there, challenging, isn't it? You yeah. know, I it's been it's been so long for him. You know, obviously he had the did he did he, he did get a podium with the uh, Alpine, didn't he? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He got yeah, one so in he, uh, Qatar, I think.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So it was good to see him then, but it's good to see him because I feel like he is like a proper racing driver, like. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he puts in a yeah, he's good defensively, he's brilliant on the tight he's good on the team radios as well. He's actually been entertaining yeah. in terms of like over the radio. And I think we saw in Bahrain, him and Hamilton coming together on track, provided like some of the best well, it probably is the best bit of entertainment of the season. I feel like if we can get more of that as the season goes on, then uh, the season uh, it'll like uh, open up the season a little bit because so far it's been a little bit boring to you know, not not like I enjoy watching F one but you know, this season's not really got going yet, has it? It's been yeah. it's been so dominant and it's so easy for the Red Bulls to fly past. So the entertainment I feel is where Hamilton and Alonso. So if them two can get together on track then I'll be happy.
0: Yeah, definitely. But um yeah the most uh, the most interesting part of this season is seeing where Verstappen can come from and still win the race. <laughs> you, you know how far what... back can he go? <laughs> but um yeah it's just it, this season's been entertaining just because of, you know, that, you know, wonder wonder car from that Aston Martin that, you know, that Aston Martin produced. But um I think, you know, you say about this season being boring, but I think it's been relatively entertaining because, you know, I know I know Perez is not going to win the championship because they're going to sabotage his car or, you know, leave a screw loose. But um you know, it's been interesting to watch it all unfold, watch like, watch how quick that Red Bull is. And, you know, I'm, I know it's a bit unfair, but like, as I was saying before, absence makes a heart grow thunder. Like, if it's like this for, you know, the next three years, but we have an epic season in the next, like, when the next regulations come about, or, like, you know, an Alpha Tari win or like, a Williams win. Lord, in the next that, within the next few years, Lord, that'll that be It But does not seem like it's possible at the minute.
1: <laughs> like, like I know, like it, like it is mad when like Gasly won, or you know, like Russell got P two in Belgium. But that gen- like I don't think I can't remember where I read it, but I'm pretty sure there was no other team than. Mercedes, Ferrari, or Red Bull that won last year.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: then I don't know about the season before; I can't remember. But then 2020, we had the McLaren win, we had the Gasly win. Like I said, you know, Russell on the podium—that feels like light years away. Yeah. Until we yeah. get back to, that. I mean, hopefully we do because then weekends are always the best, and you know, you yeah. they're the ones that you remember. You know, these crazy wins and the amount of times that you go back and watch them is incredible. Yeah. But I don't think I'm going to go back and watch Miami Grand Prix to be quite honest with you. <laughs> Even though, even though we've had a driver come from P9 to win the race with, like, and he overtook Perez with what five, six, seven laps to go. Yeah. You know, so the drama from that should have been like, you know, incredible. Like Drive to Survive is obviously going to be like building that one up to be amazing. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I'm not an F1 strategist. I'm not an F1 commentator. You know, I I know I'm. You know, I can read the situation in F1, but I'm not that good. But it was the way on the Sky Sports, like they were trying to build it up as if like. Brundle, uh, Martin Brundle, and Croft were like, "Always um, oh, Verstappen going to get Perez and whatnot." You can tell. We, you
0: can we tell just still that know that's going to happen. how
1: that it was going to happen. I know. they like trying to say that, so it's like it keeps the viewer interested. But I feel like for us older F one fans, we we know we know what's happening. Where and I and it just feels like they're lying to the new audience to try and keep them involved. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know where the the point of this is going. But I feel like. We we need that one result, don't we? So it's like these new regulations. We've not had one with the new regulations. We just need that one, so we know it can happen. And so, like when you are watching, you just never know. But it just feels like nothing. We've not had like a crazy race for such a long time. It feels
0: definitely. But um, as bad as a twenty twenty one season turned out, you know, (laughs) watch. (laughs) I'm gonna bring that up every time. But what just watching that season unfold, not knowing who's gonna win the who's gonna win the next race and. To have drivers on equal points going into the last round of the season was such so, such an epic lot. Yeah. Such an epic thing. As bad as it was, as controversial as it was, I think that Abu Dhabi 2021 was the most invested I've ever been in at oh, the yeah. moment. Like right. even, even bigger than lot. I remember watching England versus Germany lot six months before. And obviously I was excited for that. But like Abu Dhabi, twenty twenty one. I was like, literally stuck to my seat, and then when Hamilton got got the step around the first corner, I was on. <laughs> Get in.
1: It's mad. I don't think I. Like I, my my mates, like they're all, all into football and whatever. But I feel like that build up to that week, everyone was yeah. talking about it. Like, what's going to happen? Who's going to win? And you know, is is you know Hamilton? If well after qualifying, is Hamilton going to send it? He's going to risk it all, or is he going to you know, or is Verstappen going to you know be aggressive like as he was going into the end <laughs> of that back straight? You know whether that was you know with the right decision there as well, or was was trying to look at the show? It, it was just it was amazing, wasn't it? That that race week. Like and yeah, The build definitely. up to it, and like the whole season, it was it was just crazy. And like I like, I think we'll have amazing title challenges in the future, and like obviously we've had them in the past. But I don't think anything will ever beat that twenty twenty one season. The yeah, fact that you, just to how back and forth it was, and then Hamilton looked beaten, didn't he? Without four yeah. races to go, I think he needed to win three of the you know three of the uh, last uh, four races just to take it to that last. Race of the season, and then that performance in Brazil. I, I like to, to this day. I think that's the best performance I've ever seen by an F one driver in my lifetime. Anyway, I, it was absolutely phenomenal. And I know people say he had the car. You know, he he should be doing that. But how how he went from I mean, he was P twenty P twenty, wasn't it? And then yeah, I know he had the sprint as well. But it it really was phenomenal. And I, I think that just goes to show why he is the greatest of all time.
0: Yeah, but um. I don't. I don't think we'll ever see anything like that again. Like as you said, exactly. but um, I think like F one. You know, since drive to survive, there's obviously been a lot of interest in the sport, and I think yeah. that you know F one did it for TV. Like 15 years ago, you would have seen nothing like, like that. Like oh, imagine, no. imagine, if in uh, 2010 that race where Vettel became world champion. Imagine if the same thing would have happened. The race would have finished under the safety car, and I can like Abu Dhabi twenty twenty one. I can see why why they do it. Like you know, it was on Channel Four free to air. When have Sky Sports ever ever put anything
1: yeah. free to
0: air? And you know, yeah. imagine imagine building it up. You know, they had a they even had a special intro. Like I've never ever seen that in yeah. my whole life of watching Formula One. Yeah, and um. Imagine building it and building it and building it up just for it to end under safety car. Yeah, exactly. It, it's just even ahead. like
1: the race itself. Like, like there was the drama at the start, but Hamilton was comfortable, wasn't he? So it was like yeah. they weren't getting the ending that they wanted. So they're like, you know what? Well, well, obviously we they they could not have wrote that
0: yeah. Latifi
1: was going to bin it with seven laps to go or five or however many there were. So and then it was a big decision, like if. Like they had, I don't know. It's hard to really say. Like, did did they really have to go racing for one lap? Like, think more. Could you maybe look at Mercedes and like, why didn't they pit Hamilton and you know maybe take that risk with him as well? But Mm. I don't know. What 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 history is history? You know, it can't be changed now. And at the time, it it was just it was just crazy. And like even now, I still can't really believe that it happened. And yeah, Yeah. Drive to Survive. I I I don't think I bothered watching the (laughs) episode. would have been just awful because I, like they would have found a way to try and make it more dramatic than it already was like and <laughs> you just needed to play the actual race it, it really it, it was the, but like i said it'd be the best season like i think we'll ever experience in our lifetimes yeah
0: definitely and you know you know seven years of, it took seven years of Mercedes dominance to get to yeah. that point and you know i'd I was very, I was very happy that I got to be a, I got to witness that season, I got to be a part of it. But you know, it is what it is at the end of the day, and unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. I'm the Motorsport This Week podcast. (laughs) Um, hopefully, Jez will be back next week. But for now, bye, boy.
1: See ya.